Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Here we go. You're listening to Football Philosophy and Rocket Science, a Cleveland Browns podcast, a show where a philosopher and a rocket scientist try to make sense of the Cleveland Browns. The Football Philosophy and Rocket Science podcast is a part of the Fanatical Elves podcast network, a part of the Fans First Sports Network. Here are your hosts, Elliot Kennel and Joel Cade. Welcome to this week's edition of Football, philosophy, and rocket science. And before we get started, Elliot, I just wanted to take time to acknowledge the Fanatical Elves Network, where our podcast is currently located. Uh, This is part of the Fans First Sports Network. And if you guys haven't had a chance to go out and listen to some of the other podcasts that are on our sports network, you should really give uh, some of these a chance. Go out and listen to the Johnny Cleveland Show by John Suchan. There's the What the Elf Was That by Yours Truly, which is a a rant about some, I think, very interesting topics. I've been covering the gambling situation for a while. I've been covering all kinds. of. I even pulled information out of my brokerage account this week for my podcast. So, you know, you know, we're talking about weird stuff at that point. Mm -hmm. We got the Dog Pound South, Stadium Mustard, and there's the ever popular and famous Fanatical Elf Show, where all the people who contribute to our network Uh, minus me usually, get together and we chat about stuff about the Cleveland Browns. So there's a lot of content out there on the Fanatical Elves Network. So go give us a try. Go give us a a listen um, out there on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, So good stuff. But we all know the best one is this one right here, Football, Philosophy, and Rocket Science. What you got for us today, Elliot? Well, we uh, promised that we would talk about the Ravens' offense. Uh, We want to stay within the division because that's all that really counts as far as getting into the playoffs. We have to 
win the division. And um, so we are, uh, you know, first of all, mindful of the fact that the Bengals uh, have to be considered the favorites since they've mm-hmm. made it deep into the playoffs two years in a row. Um, the uh, Ravens have a lot of talent also, but uh, we felt like their front office has not had a good off season. That's just our opinion, despite the fact that uh, up until the past maybe two years, they've been the most fearsome front office in football for a long time. A lot of it has to do with Ozzie Newsom, the former Cleveland Browns Hall of Fame tight end. Uh, he has retired and stepped back from the, from, you know, the day-to-day operations. And uh, Eric DaCosta is now the uh, general manager of Baltimore. And I'm a big D- Eric DaCosta fan. And you know why? Because Tell us I, why. Baltimore Ravens. That's and right. Eric DaCosta has been the answer to my prayers so far. <laughs> so far. Um, so far. Yeah. And, you know, I'll tell you why is that they had a business plan that would really work. They built a team around Lamar Jackson and then the, the amazing abilities that he had. I'm still, you know, if you step away from the team allegiances and so forth, I've been a fan of Lamar Jackson from day one. I think I would have drafted him. I would have drafted two quarterbacks uh, in that draft because I was really drinking the Kool-Aid on quarterbacks that year. I was absolutely nuts about more than one guy. And, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson, I felt, was just an incredible uh, athlete, a dual threat guy who could throw and who could run. And uh, so let's let's uh, put up some visual aids and we'll describe those uh, to people who are getting only the audio part of our podcast. All right, give me so one it second. starts with the quarterback room, and they actually have more than one talented quarterback in that room. Um, but, yeah, Lamar, uh, first of all, has always had uh, stereotypes that he has had to, to, uh, to fight. A lot of people say that he can't throw. Well, that's not true. Um. Oh, yeah. Okay. First of all, let's talk about the overall pluses and minuses. I always like to add uh, or or start with uh, who have they added? Who have they subtracted? What are they trying to do? Uh, What they've done is they've given up or let go, I should say, the uh, guys on the offensive line. The trend is that they've surrendered a talented guard and the the, uh, person of Ben Powers, a guard Mm -hmm. who's received a four-year deal, and uh, he's uh, no longer a Raven. And um, so goodbye to him. Four years, $51 million. He's gone. Tight end Josh Oliver was a blocking tight end, and he's gone for three years, $21 million, uh, $8.2 million, essentially about one year and change mm-hmm. is guaranteed on his deal. Well, let's the rest pause the right there. Let's Let's talk about these two. I think this is interesting that they're letting the guard and the tight end. These are two blockers, basically. You don't need no blocking. I, That's I, I think this is interesting because I think it's indicative of the direction the offense is going. Right When you have a zone-based offense, which they've had, you need excellent guards. This is why the Browns have excellent guards. To let an excellent guard walk out and get almost $30 million guaranteed from another team, 
means you just let some talent walk out the door. You've also let a blocking tight end walk out the door, which you also need to have an excellent zone team. So this, to me, indicates a shift away from a rushing attack. So I just want to poke mm-hmm. that in there. Just from those two walking out the door by themselves. But go ahead. Okay, and then they also let uh, uh, Kenyon Drake uh, go. He was a significant contributor uh, on offense last season. Not that he, he was not the first string, um, but uh, he had some 400 uh, yards rushing, I think, something like that. And they also let uh, Sammy Watkins go at wide receiver. Uh, there might not have been room for him this season. I've never been a big Sammy Watkins fan. Yeah, he's fast and he's talented, uh, but he's had trouble staying healthy and uh, right. you know, not really been that consistent. Mercurial uh, person. Where they spent their money is um, they spent a lot of money on uh, Lamar Jackson and they spent money up front. And uh, if uh, Randy Gersey were here, we would uh, – I'll go back and forth on that a little bit. Um, but uh, Randy Gers, he's the site expert for Dog Pound Daily. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we used to, to uh, uh, clash on this about how you should run a football team. And I think up until three years ago, I was on Eric DaCosta's side that uh, you should uh, not defer too much money downstream. Uh, but based on the economy and the way that NFL revenues are expanding, and you can pretty much count on um, the NFL revenues and does the salary cap expanding in the future, you have to defer money into the future. It just really pays to do that. Yeah. And if you spend too much money on a big contract that you don't have to, uh, there's not really that much sense in doing that. But anyway, they put down a massive down payment on Lamar Jackson that they didn't have to do. And um, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., they signed for a one-year deal, um, $15 million. Now, not all of that is being spent on the 2022 salary cap, but nevertheless, right. he's got it's a It's another one of those deferred, you know, got a bonus and put it through extra years. And I do, I do think that Odell is a good match to Baltimore, but I'm not sure that he's worth $15 million after two ACL operations on the same knee and on the same ligament. I, I I'm not even that. sure he's a good match to Baltimore. I mean, when he no, ran he, this offense with Todd Monken in Cleveland, he was this was the height of his I'm upset no, no, and frustrated. I'll explain why I think he is a little bit later. But Okay. He has to play somewhere, okay? And uh, he's playing where they give him money. Yeah, well, no, but I mean, some team has to sign Odell Beckham Jr. and a team that uh, would best take advantage of his services is a team that has an improvisational quarterback because he's an improvisational receiver. And, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield never knew where he was going to go. And uh, I think to some extent, he really uh, cleaned up his act in Los Angeles, frankly. But even if he does take some liberties with his routes, uh, Lamar Jackson is the one guy who can scramble around and correct for that and still deliver the ball to him. And well, I makes- will say about this about Odell in Los Angeles. He was asked to do a whole bunch of different things. Okay, in, in Cleveland, he's running the same offense to run in Los Angeles with some variations, but it's pretty much the same offense. 
and he's out there as the number one being double teamed and he's trying to like how the heck do i get open running all over the place to get open which okay then you get to los angeles and he's playing that number two slot a number two receiver so he's outside he's not on the slot ignore the slot part He's on the outside playing the number two receiver, which is a lot of backside receiver, which runs a lot of backside mm-hmm. uh, deep in routes, which he caught a lot of passes on. But that's primarily the second or third option in most of the routes in that offense. So he's able one on one to get open. Nobody's I don't think anybody ever questioned that. It's just when he gets double teamed, he's he's done. Well, yeah, but I but I also think, you know, even when he was in uh, New York, uh Eli Manning had to wait for him to get open. And he was not a great pattern uh, uh, receiver. But okay, let's not I, talk about I will that. agree about that. I will agree with that. They they went after wide receivers this offseason. Um, you know, they did upgrade their wide receiver core significantly. They one of the keys is they got Zay Flowers, uh, wide receiver out of Boston College, probably contribute, probably start his first season. And um, so that's what they did. Okay, we can skip ahead now. Let's let's move right. ahead. Okay. Um, so, what is their business plan? They want to be good every year. They don't want to defer salaries. They'll pay up front. That's what they did with Lamar Jackson. Um, they didn't take the first year discount that they could have given themselves. They've got a lot of money tied up in Ronnie Stanley, uh, Roquan Smith, uh, who's you know a big defensive talent, and uh, also uh, Marlon Humphrey, okay? So they've got a lot of money uh, tied down. And, um, uh, you know, Odell, I think they, they probably figured, oh, you know, we, we do um, have the option to defer some of his salary, so let's do that. So, okay, not so bad. So let's move ahead. Uh, quarterback room. We like Lamar Jackson, at least I do. I think he's a great quarterback. Uh, people will come back and say, oh, well, Lamar Jackson runs the football too much and he's going to get hurt. Well, football is, after all, a tackle game and it is violent. Quarterbacks do get injured, but uh, we have to come on. Let's get serious. Lamar Jackson is 26 years old. He's not 36 years old. Let's ask the question, has there ever been a 26-year-old running back to play an entire NFL season without getting horribly injured? The answer is that, yes, people have played in the NFL in some of the most violent positions and played the whole season, and they didn't get horribly banged up and miss the entire season. Let let me me jump in here, Elliot. I am not a fan of Lamar Jackson. I mean, I think he's effective as a runner. Not quite sure he's effective as a passer unless he's throwing the ball over the middle, either to a wide receiver or a tight end over the middle. People try to claim that that's not what he is, but it's what he is. Just watch NFL games. And, like, he's throwing the ball over the middle. That's what he's doing. Yeah, okay. Well, if you want to play him uh, with uh, less than a – Eight, with less than eight in the box, go right ahead. Um, but he's, I mean, I'm not saying you do that. I'm just saying, like, yeah, there are well, limits to his game. There are limits to his game. And I think what Baltimore has done very well, and this is going to tie into your point, is that they've played to his strengths 
and they've minimized his weaknesses. Yeah. So they've well, created an offense that does what he can do. That may be true. However, yeah, I, I will I will uh, go along with the following statement though that they are now playing to his weaknesses. Absolutely. Masking his strengths. That's what I think the new offense is doing. Where they actually, in fact, they are, uh, are going to allow teams to uh, uh, play seven in the box and give away some of the advantages that Lamar Jackson has. They want to change their offense to not suit uh, his abilities. Um, uh, but in terms of talent, you know, we like the talent that they have, or at least I do. I like Tyler Huntley. I think he's a credible backup. Josh Johnson is, it seems like he's, you know, got to be uh, older than Tom Brady as long as he's been in the league, but he's only 37 years old. He's a low mileage guy, never been really injured. That's um, code for not quite good enough to be a starter. Well, yeah, he, he's a guy that's just never had an opportunity, never been thought of as a starter, but I think he, he does have talent. And Anthony Brown, I think, is a long shot. He may not make the team because they're. Well, they all have talent. Let me put this: they all have incredible talent to make it to the National Football League. None of these people are garbage. Okay, they're they're incredibly gifted and talented mm-hmm. athletes. I just think there's a lot more talented people playing quarterback than Josh Johnson right now. So, as a third stringer, absolutely keep him right there. Yeah. Well. He, yeah. He, I believe he'll make the team. I, I believe that he's capable of starting in the NFL. Anthony Brown might be capable, but he'll he'll probably not make the team. So if, if the Browns did not have a third string quarterback, I think they actually have four good quarterbacks on their roster. Um, but I would I would consider claiming Anthony Brown on waivers uh, if I only had two good quarterbacks and I wanted three. I guess that's what I'm saying. Okay, next slide. Let's hey, move. before we go to the next slide, let's take oh. our commercial break. So we're going to take our quick commercial break. Uh, Guys, you're listening to the Football Philosophy and Rocket Science podcast. And after the break, we will continue on the Ravens offense and why I think it's, and Elliot thinks this is a dunderhead move on the Ravens part. So more on the Ravens stupidity after the break. Yeah, more on stupidity. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. All right, everybody, we're back. Hey, we're talking about the Ravens offense. And, Elliot, we were going to just finish up our conversation on the quarterback, and we're getting ready to talk about the my favorite room, the five first-round draft pick wide receiver room that I've seen overhyped okay. this entire offseason. Go with all kinds of wide receivers in the 
Baltimore Ravens uh, offense this season. Uh, one difficulty that they have is at the moment, Rashad Bateman is on the, uh, the pup list, the physically unable to play list. And I believe it has something to do with a foot injury, and I don't really know the extent of it, but I think he just recently went on that list. Um, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is, um, uh, you know, you know, we just have remarkable expectations for what Odell can do. I don't know that that this is really warranted because, you know, yeah, he had some great success, but as you point out, he was not the number one wide receiver uh, for Los Angeles in their Super Bowl run. That was a guy named Cooper Cup, who mm-hmm. generally demanded not one but two uh, defensive backs covering him, and uh, Odell got to work on maybe their number two or number three guy, and. Um, Odell hurt himself in the Super Bowl. Uh, I, I like Odell. I think he's a you know is a very very talented wide receiver, but man, he he injured that knee twice. The same uh, ACL. The prognosis for coming back a hundred percent on a second injury to the same knee is not really that good. Um, I think it's presumptuous to offer us a fifteen million dollar contract. Uh, to that player, um, I desperate do, times calls for desperate measures. I think, yeah, I, th- I think it was crazy. I am a fan of Odell. I bought a T-shirt directly from Odell. I should probably tell that story at some point. Um, uh, it, you know, it was not a, well. It was not a terribly political T-shirt, but generated enormous co- controversy. I'll just say that. <laughs> Um, Zay Flowers, their number one draft pick, he was not an early pick. He was kind of late, so you wouldn't project that he's going to be an automatic 1,000-yard guy. But uh, Baltimore does have very good scouts, so we'll wait and see on that. Devin Duvernay, you don't hear very much about him, but he was a number three pick. Uh, Not a, uh, you know, uh, guy that gets enormous publicity, but I think that guy is really, really good. Uh, every time he plays the Cleveland Browns, he kills us. He's really uh, a very talented guy. I want to also say some stuff about uh, Nelson Aguilar. Uh, he's a deep threat receiver who had uh, nearly 900 yards for the Raiders in 2020 with the Patriots, the Patriots. Yeah, good typing, Elliot. Uh, he had nearly 900 receiving yards, but he dropped off. Uh, in 2021 and 22, and had around 400 in both of those seasons. The Patriots had their problems on offense, let's face it, with uh, Mac Jones as a rookie in 2021. Right. And he had no offensive coordinator to speak of in 2022. A lot of things were wrong with that team. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, Aguilar is not a, um, how do you want to say this, a uh, uh, polished route runner? Yeah, I mean, he's kind of uh, a specialist in running deep routes. Let's put yep. it that way. That, that's the positive way of saying he's not a polished route runner. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, there's room for guys like that in the absolutely no offense, and he can really and and, and that's who damage. Evan Duvernay is. That's who Rashad Bateman is. So, and that's who but, OBJ is. So, oh, we'll see what happens. But, you know, on a team where the guy playing quarterback can scramble and buy extra time, 
that can really work out well. It's not such a good idea if your quarterback is, you know, like a statue that is not maneuverable behind the line of scrimmage and your offensive line really is not able to uh, buy time for your guy. Well, that's part uh, of the strategy it, as, a, as a coach, right? You're wanting to come in, how are we going to deal with Lamar Jackson? We're going to run cover four against this or cover, you know, there's a lot of different coverages you can run against people just trying to run long and then bring their routes short if they can't beat you long. Okay. The other thing is you want to contain rush Lamar Jackson so he can't escape the pocket and you're just forcing him to throw the football. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's what I would do. That's what I would do. That's hard to do though, because, well, you know, we're sort of going to let, uh, you know, you know, Baltimore is doing the things that is kind of dissuading us from uh, using the spy system. We're only going to bring seven guys up to the line of scrimmage instead of eight, you know, and say, okay, Mm -hmm. you know, if you can beat us um, by running, uh, we're going to try to hold you under seven yards per rush, but we're not going to die by the pass uh, this season. That's kind of the the trade. Well, this is where – this is where the Browns have really done an excellent job. Although I think a lot of people don't see this and I think they completely looked over this. This is where the Browns have done an excellent job of finding small, fast linebackers. Okay. And I, I can go on a rant on this for a while, but you need small, fast linebackers to deal with quarterbacks now that run all over the place. And it's, that's important why defensive linemen play a certain style of defensive line, which Jim Schwartz does. So it should be, and I don't want to get too far into the Browns, but I think the Browns are set up to play this guy. I really do. Yeah. I think you've got a lot of people that can chase him down. He is not the transcendent speed guy that he used to be, given some of his injuries, just given that the league has changed to deal with his his style of play. He can no longer just run out to the, to the sideline and just – find an alley and run. I mean, that, that game, that game for him is over. That's why they're looking in some way respects to get away from the running thing, because he's not the running he used to be when they use him as a decoy and hand the ball off to like JK Dobbins. That's when their offense works. Yeah. Anyway. Well, that's the first thing I thought of when the Browns drafted Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. I thought, Holy smokes. That's who we need to compete against Baltimore, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need somebody that is very, very fast and can play linebacker. But, okay, let's talk – well, first let's talk about the other guys that are on the roster. They do have some NFL wide receivers, but they're not really uh, threats to go all pro. Uh, they, you know, they had some, uh, you know, uh, minor success at the NFL level. But, uh, the, you know, the biggest damage that uh, they ever did – it was probably Laquan Treadwell in 20, uh, 2021 with 434 yards. He was a former round one pick, and remember everybody thought that uh, they should have taken him instead of uh, Corey Coleman. You'll recall that we don't want a short wide receiver. They should have had somebody that was tall like Laquan Treadwell. And, well, it turns out the fans were absolutely right because um, – Juan Treadwell has had a much more glamorous career than Corey Coleman. And that, that's saying a lot. because, yards. But I'm not sure that I would have uh, blown a round one pick. Um, 
Daquan Treadwell has not had what you would call a stellar NFL career. Yeah, I, I don't mean, think. Yeah, it, it's it's hard to call him. He's been cut multiple times. So I would say if you he's can so call someone than, a bust, I would say he's a bust. But I agree, as a bust, he is still better than Corey Coleman. <laughs> Catch yeah. the ball, Corey. All right, let's, the ball. let's go to the running backs now. Okay, so we're not all that crazy about the receiving core, but, yeah, they have upgraded it. Um, oh, okay, four running backs. We got t- I think to- we got the tight end room before we hit the running backs. Tight end room, okay, they've got Mark Andrews, and Mark Andrews is a dominant tight end. He, he is a – very much a pass catching tight end. He can block. I'm not going to say he can't, but oh, his primary just, role is to catch passes. He does everything, and he kills Cleveland Browns. He's just really a very impressive tight end. Uh, I, I don't have anything bad to say about Mark Andrews. He's a, he's I don't a, like Mark Andrews because he hurts the Cleveland Browns. There you go. Thank you. Um, and then uh, you know they did lose their other uh, blocking tight end, Josh Oliver, who started nine games for them last season. And uh, I don't think he has a place in the direction they're going. Well, you know that's that's kind of true that they they're looking at more wide rece- receivers, and they're not going to play two tight ends as often as they did uh, last season. They still have Isaiah Likely. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, who's a you know not bad tight end, and, and remember sometimes they play three tight ends. They're crazy for tight ends. I don't ball. see them playing three tight ends. Not in a, not all in line. I don't see that happening. Not, not very often anymore. And uh, they had a, a kid called Charlie Kolar who's big, okay, great. And they also have a new kid, uh, Travis Vokalek who's a 260-pound guy from Nebraska. The, the, I think the key stat on both of those, Kolar and Vokalek, is 6'6". Six, six. This mm. is somebody that Jackson can just throw the ball up to. There you go. Okay. That's what that's about. But they're really blocking guys. You know, they, uh, okay, so they got big kids to play tight end. Um, let's go to the next. But they, you know, they probably didn't strengthen themselves, I guess we can say that. Uh, what happened to the running backs? Did we skip the running backs? Um, I think I lost that slide, perhaps. Maybe. We can talk about the running backs. Let's talk about the running backs. So the key thing that you need to know is that J.K. Dobbins uh, is um, on the pup list. Yep, physically unable to perform. Able to play list. Uh, nobody's exactly sure why he's on the pup list. You know, does he have? Well, he, he came off an injury from last year, didn't he? Well, he did, and maybe he really is physically unable to play, or maybe he is the civil rights crusaders for the discriminated against running backs uh, in the NFL <laughs> who are uh, unpaid and underappreciated. Uh, Nobody is quite exactly sure what's going on there. Um, and I have a feeling when they go to camp, we'll find out. Yeah, so anyway, they have Gus Edwards and... Um, Justice Hill. Yeah, and Justice Hill, who had uh, uh, reasonable stats last year, I think uh, from memory, that uh, uh, Gus Hill or uh, Gus Edwards, yeah, Gus Hill, Gus Edwards had a 5.0 yards per carry last season. Justice Hill had 5.3, but they didn't get a lot of touches. Uh, right, last the season. offense change 
the offense changes when they're in, but we let's go on. Let's finish up the, the okay. overview and then I'll talk about. Yeah. Okay. What's so, the difference between these guys? Yeah. So they, you know, they, they didn't add uh, uh running back uh, really. Oh, they recently sign, they added a running back. They, go ahead. They, you well, they did sign a running back and remind me the, the uh, big name. The guy is 32 years old from uh, Seattle. Help me out. But anyway, his his time, Melvin Gordon, the second, yeah, Melvin Gordon, the third, the third, Melvin, Melvin, it sucks. Gordon, Gordon, Melvin Gordon, he had a 3.5 yard per carry. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think he was in Denver, wasn't he? It was a Denver. I think so. Yeah, he played, he played one year. No, I think it was San San Diego. Was it San Diego? He was in San Diego. He got drafted to San Diego, but then I think he played the last two, I thought, in Denver. Okay, we can look that up. But anyway, uh, yeah, Melvin did not have a good season last year, and so I'm not sure that uh, this is this is this is also the guy that when this Matt Miller tweet came out. Yeah, you're where, right, Broncos. Yeah, he comes back and says it sucks to play running back in the NFL. So I call yeah. him Melvin. It sucks, Gordon. Three eighteen yards and a three point five yard per carry last season. After being a, a uh, 918 yard back the year previous, so yeah, I think he even got benched. Was complaining. Yeah, well, you might as well. Um, he is um, 30 years old. Back. 30 years yep. old. Okay, that's almost as old as I am. Um, man, I don't know. Maybe still working that 29th birthday there, Elliot. Mm, yeah. Yeah. You know, I turned 21 this year. I'm pretty excited about that. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say something that would um, the FCC might complain about. Okay. Well, I want to say this about the running backs. Okay. J.K. Dobbins is their guy. When J.K. Dobbins, and, and I don't think this is a good way to run a, an offense, but they do it. Okay. J.K. Dobbins is the, the workhorse. They will give him touches and give him touches and give him touches. And when he's in the game, he is the primary runner. And Lamar Jackson is primarily a decoy, or he's the guy that takes off around the edge just to keep the defense honest so that Dobbins can hit the pole, hit the hole on his own play. Okay. I could draw this up, it would make more sense. But this is one of the problems the Browns have had in their offense is keeping the outside edge guys and the backside you know, honest. So when J.K. Dobbins in the team is on the team and on the field, Lamar Jackson doesn't have to be the primary runner. But when you get Gus Edwards and you get Justice Hill in there, all of a sudden the offensive running game goes through Lamar Jackson. And this is where he ends up getting hurt. Teams will like, like focus on him or read him and take him out of the game as a runner then the Ravens offense is just, they don't do anything at that point. So I know that everybody looks at Lamar Jackson as this is the guy that does all the running. He really doesn't. It's really the running backs that do all the pound and pound and pound and pound and pound that focuses the defense on we got to stop this this pounding on us. And they forget about Lamar Jackson. And he takes around the corner virtually untouched for 30 yards because nobody's paying attention to him. But they don't have that offense when the other two running backs are there. And they're not going to have that offense with Melvin Gordon the third because he's not good enough to be that kind of a player. Yeah. So 
they're going to have to do, again, this signals to me that they are not going to be a primary run first team moving forward. Not as much, certainly. Mm-hmm. Certainly. And yeah, one thing I also forgot to mention is uh, the fullback position, one of the few teams in the NFL that still has a fullback, and they have a 311 pound uh, pain in the butt. Uh, by we'll the see name if he makes the team. Or, and yeah, okay, they actually have two guys, um, Patrick Ricard and uh, uh, the other guy's name is Mason. I forgot his first name. Uh, he usually doesn't make the team, and they keep him on the practice squad, so the Browns could take him if they want to. But he's I actually don't see either one of those two making the team. Maybe not. But, uh, yeah, it would be a, a salary cap savings if they cut Patrick uh, this time. But he's really very good. And, uh, you know, so they used to line up uh, two tight ends and then this big fullback dude and then run uh, a halfback uh, right behind him. And, boy, that was pretty tough. Uh, let's talk about the offensive line. Remember, they they uh, did not re-sign uh, their um, their uh, offensive uh, guard, Correct. and um, so they've got uh, uh, the shrimp of the lot is uh, Tyler Linderbaum, who's uh, undersized, the only guy in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. On the offensive line that's uh, below average in uh, height and weight, but he's doing a good job at center. One of those guys coming out of Iowa playing center. Yeah, smart Iowa guy. State, but uh, I think it was Iowa. Smart guy played center. Um, understands coverages. Uh, this would be a guy that would make all the coverage calls. I mm-hmm. liked him. I really kind of hope the Browns would have taken him, but you know, a first round pick for a center is is a, a lot to ask for, and that's what they did. So they wanted to. Yeah, you know, solidify that position. But I think more importantly, what they needed was a smart guy at center to be able to take some of the load off Lamar Jackson and calling coverages, but calling protections. But go ahead. Yeah, and then okay, then we know Kevin Zeitler very well. He played for the, the Cleveland Browns for a number of years, and he's also a former Bengal. And um, is he really up to three forty? Uh, that's what he's listed at. That's that, pretty big for Kevin Seitler. That kind of shocked me too. I wonder if that's um, that might be. Uh, that's what uh, Pro Football Focus had him at. Wow, that's pretty big for Zeitler. I'm just let, saying. Let me just double check that. Uh, see if if um, uh, see what the Ravens list him at. Yeah, I agree. That seemed like a big. That's number. a big number for a guard. But yeah, everybody in Baltimore is big. But I, I don't remember him being that big either. Yeah. And, uh, Zeitler is listed by Baltimore as 6'4 and 340. So wow. He's been working out. Um, uh, okay. Working out something. I, I don't know what he's working out, but well, working okay. out something. He did something. He's a big fella. Okay, and well, he reportedly wants a new contract prior to the twenty twenty three season. Well, so do I. Yeah, I want more millions than I'm currently making. Mm, that's true. Okay. Hmm. Well, all right. So they, you know, they uh, uh, say that they're going to start a rookie. I think he's a sixth round draft pick, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce. Well, I will try to pronounce his name. Mala Esal. 
Laula may start. He's a、uh, very frail at only 317 pounds. That's small for a Baltimore lineman. And then well, again, is, that's another nod toward we're not going to be running outside zone. Yeah, and th- this, by the way, is sarcastic that he's a okay run blocker. Ben Cleveland at three、uh, hundred. Wait, a minute, is this right? Did I did I make a mistake there? I don't know. Ben Cleveland could be three seventy. I I have no idea. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm getting mixed up between him and Ben Powers. But yeah. Okay. Ben Ben Cleveland six six three seventy an okay. Run blocker, so three seventy、yeah, is correct. They want to go on、uh, short yardage with with、uh, Ben there. Oh man, that's a lot. Okay, these big guys though, they're not nimble. Yeah, well, they don't need to be. Well, maybe now they do because now they're going to be these clever pass blocking guys because、uh, they're going to be,、uh, you know, Air Lamar.、Uh, so, <laughs> Error, Lamar. Talk about the tackles. This is very interesting. Morgan Moses was a really excellent acquisition for them last season. He's six six three twenty. That's pretty good for a tackle.、Uh, I think he's about thirty two years old, though. Isn't that right? I'm not、uh, sure, but he's on the. He's one of the. Your, your right tackle is one of your smaller linemen.、Yeah. That's usually not the way you construct <laughs> an offensive line. Yeah, Ronnie Stanley、uh, was really a.、Uh, All universe、uh, tackle at one time, but he had Notre Dame.、Okay. Go Irish! Yeah, we like the Irish. We like offensive linemen from Notre Dame for sure.、Um, but、uh, it, 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 present company included. But uh, Ronnie uh, hurt his ankle really bad, and、uh, he has come back. But he is not his pre-injury superstar self, in my opinion.、Um, so I, I don't. I think that it's a little bit questionable whether he's going to play every down on this upcoming season.、Mm-hmm. They do have Patrick McCarry, who can also play tackle, and、uh, this should be Daniel Faali,、uh, who also plays tackle. So they have options. They have depth. Uh, but they didn't. They didn't really、uh, upgrade themselves at offensive line. They let a guy go rather than upgrade themselves. So there you have it. We don't think that they've upgraded themselves、uh, offensively. Now they think that they do because they added Odell Beckham Jr. and Todd Monken, who led、oh, Monken, Georgia,、yeah. Todd, like you know, ran that University of Georgia team. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, we have experience with Todd. He had that year with、um, the Cleveland Browns in 2019 when we darn near led the entire NFL in interceptions. I'm not sure how great of a season that actually was. And he had a similar season, I think, with、uh, Tampa Bay. And didn't they <laughs> didn't they lead the NFL in interceptions? And then that's why he went to University of Georgia. Yeah, yeah. Well, he he did great with Georgia, though. Let's let's、uh, give him props for that. But college is not the same as pros, so I don't know. But、uh, there's like- a difference in what you can do with an offense, or excuse me, what you can do with a defense when you have an unlimited amount of time to scheme and coach. Well, you don't have unlimited time to coach your players, but in the NFL, it's far more time to plan, watch film, and scheme than college teams have. So when、mm-hmm. you have 
superior defenders as well. You can pretty much shut down an air raid offense. Just go ask Cliff Kingsbury, Cliff Kingsbury and his Arizona Cardinals. I'm sorry, former head coach Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals. Well, <clears throat> yeah, I'm yeah, I'm not totally crazy about um, gadget offense, but that, that seems to be like kind of like the uh, style of offense that they want to play. They want to have more wide receivers. They want to have extra wide receivers on the field. And, let me uh, let me waste some of our precious time with just some schematic analysis for a second. Let's analysis. just talk about Lamar Jackson for a second. Lamar Jackson played in a in a pro style offense at the University of Louisville. All these pro scouts went down and talked to him, like scouted him and all this stuff, and said this guy needs to play wide receiver. The <laughs> Ravens picked him up. Now go back to that draft and, and look at it. They most of the scouts said this guy needs to play wide receiver. The Ravens pick him up and said, we're going to make him a quarterback. And then they put him into an offense that had him running the ball, okay, which is what he does, right? He he is fast, he's twitchy, and he's hard to tackle, okay? So they ran an offense that was great for him. And now they're going to come back and say, we need to throw the ball. But they don't go to a pro-style offense, okay? They go to this air raid thing. Oh, yes, yes, yes. They yes. go to this air raid thing, which is why they're loading up on all these wide receivers who have speed, which I think any team should just load up on wide receivers with speed anyway. But they go to this air raid system, which the blueprint is out there for stopping an air raid system. It's there, okay? And I think the NFL has the time to teach it and the time and the players to execute how to stop an air raid offense. But did they bring the offense in? Because it's a simple offense on quarterbacks. I mean, the air, air raid offense is notoriously simple for quarterbacks. It's really easy. I, mean, I can teach you in like five minutes. I'm not going to. But the basic premise is everyone's going to go long. And depends on what the defensive back does, that's what they do with their route. So it's a lot of improvisation. And the quarterbacks and the, and the wide receivers have to all be on the same page. Which is why this could work with Odell, but it hasn't in the past between Monken and Odell. I don't know what the Ravens are thinking. They're like, okay, we want to pass, but are they thinking like we know Lamar isn't going to pick up a pro-style offense, so we're just going to put in like the air raid? I honestly think that's part of the thinking. Yeah, I don't know what they're thinking, but you know, I, I, I would say that... Um... They want to change him from a, uh, a a rushing quarterback, a guy that gets a lot of yardage on the ground, to a scrambling quarterback. And they feel that they are going to get uh, a lot of deep yardage because he's going to have more time to throw than any other quarterback. I believe that's what they're going to do. I mean, either way, his whole career he's run – Offenses that are basically if A, then B. There's not if A, then B, if B, then C, if D, if C, then D, if D, then E. They don't, they're not doing those kind of things. They're running if A, then B. Okay. If A, then B. If not B, then run. That's what his offense has been. And I think that's what they're going to go back to as well. If A, then like you want A, but if you can't get A, you got to go to B. If you can't get B, then you're just running. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. There's a there's a cliche that says that uh, you know there, there, there's all kind of stuff that says that uh, 
you can't do one read and run in the NFL. And um, I believe that that's false, that yes, you can if you are the number one uh, running quarterback in the NFL. Yes, you can. You absolutely can. But he's and, been getting hurt the last couple of years. Okay, well, you can't you can't take the shots like he yeah. has been because he's starting. Yeah. The league is catching up. They're starting yeah. to become as fast as him. Okay, so he's now starting to take shots. Yeah, you're going to well, get hurt. You take shots. Well, no, I, I don't agree with that. I think you know you you yes, you, there's an injury risk associated with playing football. Uh, I think injuries are random enough that you you really don't have the basis for saying that it's a trend at this point. But um, Elliot, there are rules all over the NFL that you can't touch a quarterback. Well, there you know I go back to the fact that there are plenty of running backs that play the entire season. Okay, running Lamar backs. Jackson. Lamar Jackson is not built. Like a running back. Yeah, he is. He's like iron. No, he is not. Yeah, he, is he is built like a wide. His frame is a wide receiver frame. Okay, he's no. tall. He's no. tall and lanky. He's got muscle, but he is tall and lanky. That's what your wide receivers are. Running backs are more short and stout. I I think that Lamar Jackson has an excellent <laughs> to play the entire season and to take uh, hits. But I, I think that he will run just as much as he did previously, but he's going to run to throw. I think if you put a pedometer on him, the Ravens will have him running, but they will run with the idea that the receivers are going to go deep and he is going to throw the deep ball more than any other quarterback. That's what I predict. And he will have probably more interceptions than any quarterback out there as well. He might, but he's going to throw for a ton. Yeah. Well, I, let me I, tell you what's going to happen. The the secondary is going to say front seven is going to take care of Lamar. And then teams like the Browns are going to have people that can take care of Lamar. And then they're going to stay back with those wide receivers. And so as soon as he gets in trouble, he's going to throw it to somebody that's already double covered. Or the ball's going to hang in the well, air long enough yeah, that other D-backs can get agree, over there. I don't agree with the Baltimore offense. I understand that. I don't think that their plan is going to work. But I think that I think that I would agree that they will have – well, they'll have the same results that Todd Monken had when he had Jameis Winston as his quarterback. <laughs> Jameis had uh, 5,000 yards passing – and 30 interceptions. And I, the thought is that, well. And what Lamar, was the record that year? Hmm? What was the record that year? I think it was a losing record. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't think it'll work. I, I don't, I'm yeah, not I don't arguing that the Baltimore Ravens are going to be the greatest team in football. I'm just trying oh, to. Oh, I don't, I, I don't, I don't think you're I saying think that. The plan is, and uh, what it's going to happen, why I don't like it. I, I just, I think, I think know. that they're going to, they're counting on Lamar Jackson being a greater uh, scrambling threat than Jameis. Jameis Winston is a like 5.1 guy in the 40 yard dash. Mm-hmm. He's not a good scrambler. I don't, but he, I don't he think- has a, he's a brilliant uh, long ball guy. And uh, so they wanted to throw the ball downfield. So I think they want to do kind of the same thing with Lamar Jackson. But the idea is that he's going to buy a few seconds, 
to get uh, receivers open, and then he's going to throw 50-yard passes uh, all day long, and he's going to get 6,000 yards passing. That's what they want. I think he will. I think he'll probably lead the NFL or come close to it in yardage, but he'll be among the leaders in interceptions as well because of the risk of, uh, you know, his receivers being covered. So I think – Well, week one, they got the Houston Texans. So the NFL dished them up a a nice, sweet, you know, college-level game to start off the season. Yeah, I think the Texans alive. So – there, no matter what happens, this after week one, this is going to be the Ravens' offense is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Why doesn't anybody else try this? Blah blah blah. Well, put any other team in the league up against a rookie quarterback, against a new head coach, yeah, and see what they're going to do. Yeah, I, mean, I think so Lamar they're, they're going to 450 yards. Yeah. They're going to kill the Texans, yeah. and then everybody's going to think, "Oh my gosh, Baltimore is the greatest thing ever." And yes. Then they'll come down to earth. It's like that year they beat Miami like a hundred to nothing on week one. They're going to do that this year. Yeah, I, 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 w- I would not be shocked to see Baltimore score 50 on opening day. I think right. It'll- and I think part of that's the team they're playing. I mean, the, the offense that they're going to oh. run will score points. They will score points, okay? But I think when you put them up against a team like the Texans, they're going to score an inordinate amount of points. And it's yes. nice of the NFL to give them a practice game. Yeah. For week one. Yes. Yeah, no, I, I, I could very easily see that. Yeah, I think – well, I don't know if I want to make betting recommendations uh, on the air. I might be in trouble for that. Somebody bets their house and it doesn't happen. But We are not advocating maybe. anybody bet on any game. I'm just saying the Ravens have a practice game on week one. Oh, man. Yeah. That, that's well, a practice the, game. Well, the, you know, the other thing, though, is <laughs> I think we have to look at the at – the, Texans defense, they might get a bunch of interceptions on week one. Oh, they Next, will, but they'll also get a lot of points scored on them too. Well, could go could go either way. But I yeah, I, I, I could see I could see a lot of things happening through the air on week one. Good yes, and, and the Texans are really rebuilding. They're they're gonna be in the hunt for the first overall pick again next year. I, I haven't looked at their defense. They you know they they're they're going to be they're going to be in the hunt. That they probably have some decent talent back there by now. I don't they're know. Well, it's the NFL. You have decent talent, but they're going to be in the hunt for the first overall pick. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's about to happen. Well, I don't know that there was any great quarterback that was worth taking in round one. Period. So, um, yeah, I'm not crazy about. Uh, I'm not in awe of any rookie starting quarterback. I think the Texans, well, we're getting off on the Texans, but I think they'll be bad enough that they'll be able to trade their first-round pick down to get to pick up some picks, especially given the quarterbacks that are coming out next year. Okay. All right, Elliot, we're, we're up against it. we gotta, we got to fly out of here. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Like, subscribe, hang out with us, watch, listen to some other stuff on the Fanatical Elves Network, and we will see Buy you all the products time. that we sell. Buy all the products we sell. And we got the uh, Steelers next week, right? Steelers offense? Yeah, it's time for the Steelers. The Steelers, Steelers offense next week. Yeah, we we, we respect the Steelers uh, offseason. I think they did well. Uh, how about that? We'll see if their quarterback can take them to the promised land or not. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Okay. Thank you for listening to Football Philosophy and Rocket Science, a Cleveland Browns podcast. 
Please like, subscribe, and tell all your friends to give a listen. You can follow Joel on Twitter at The Left Guard and Elliot at The Village Elliot. <laughs>